Welcome to episode number 19 of Just Go Grind, a show that focuses on helping you find a career you love, start a business, and generally crush it at life. I'm Justin Gordon, your host and MBA student in the class of 2020 at the USC Marshall School of Business. I've had my hand in entrepreneurship and business since 2012 when I launched Just Go Fitness and now with Just Go Grind. In this episode, we have Mary Clavier, who is a corporate professional turned trailblazing entrepreneur who left a Fortune 100 company to pursue selling postpartum mesh underwear through her company, Brief Transitions. She went full-time into her new company after working on it as just a side hustle while at her corporate job. She wanted more flexibility and less time traveling, and that pushed her to create her own company. She also recently founded the Transitions Collective, which is a platform that provides community for women as they move through various transitions of their businesses. We go through the ups and downs of starting a business and a side hustle while you're working full time while also having a family and all the great things that come with that. And we dive into also another company she created, which was Mary Clavier Consulting and how you can even start consulting with the few connections you have from your working career. Discuss many things in this episode of Just Go Grind. I hope you enjoy. Mary, welcome to the show. Hi, Justin. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have you on. Uh, this is another Dreamers and Doers connection. Um, there's so many of them that I, I'm so <laughs> thankful that Christina posted in there and people found out about it. So I'm curious, and you're always on people's involvement in the group. So what was your involvement in Dreamers Doers? How have you used that? Yes. So I I joined Dreamers Doers earlier this year through Aaron Halper, who you had on the show. Yes. Also. Um, and it's turned out to be just an amazing community for me for supporting with with other women, you know, networking, but also helping each other and helping each other build our businesses. So it's been an incredible, incredible experience for me. Yeah. And that, that community that they've talked about, everyone, everyone I've had on the show so far from Dreamers Doers, it can't stress enough how important that is to have that support and system. And, you know, especially when you're trying to grow a business, because it can be so uh, daunting at times, I guess. Um, yes. It seems to be a very, very important thing to have. And to that point, so obviously you have you have a business now, but I want to dig a little bit deeper into the experience before, just in terms of what were you doing for those 12, 13 years, and then eventually get into, yeah, how did we get to where we are at now, essentially? So what were some of those corporate experiences you've had before? Yes. Yeah, so, okay. So I started, I went to Rutgers in New Jersey and graduated with an engineering degree. And right out of school, I went to... I went into the pharmaceutical industry. Okay. Um, so I worked for a, a large company, you know, Big Pharma, for quite a few years. Um, they had a spinoff, and I moved to the smaller company for another four or five years. Um, and during that time, I I worked in packaging. I did a lot with en- packaging engineering and moved to new product launches and and some other areas, external supply, a lot in the manufacturing space. So I was always in pharmaceutical manufacturing. And my last job before I left corporate was in operational excellence. So I was working on productivity and helping our manufacturing sites in the network, um, you know, with with efficiencies for either the manufacturing lines or also mindsets and behaviors, how to have the teams work better together and, and things like that. Okay. And with those experiences, like, did you know in college, like packaging engineering was part of your degree? Did you know that you wanted to do that right away? Like when you're in college as well? 
No, no, I no. didn't. No. So <laughs> yeah. How did that happen? Um, so at Rutgers, when you're in the engineering school, the first year, I, I just kind of figured, well, I'll try engineering. I had an, an intro to engineering type of class in high school, which I thought was really interesting. And I loved my teacher. So I thought, okay, well, I'll give it a try. And in the first year, they have an introduction to engineering and every week you hear from a different department, a different engineering department about what they do and, you know, what you might work on in their space and things like that. So there's all the standards like mechanical and electrical and all those things. And, and someone came and spoke about packaging and they talked about, I mean, there's so many different things you could talk about in packaging, but they talked about bottles and I just found it really interesting. You know, they talked about how bottles break and like what kinds of things you have to think about when you're looking at materials and building things and things like that. And I, I said, okay, I think I'm going to give that a try. (laughs) (laughs) Were you considering other options at the time? And that seemed interesting to you. Was there other things that you're like, Oh, this, this realm of engineering I might go into, or was it pretty clear? Well, I was looking a lot at ceramics and materials too, which actually, it ended up really working out because their program, the packaging program, um, you actually have to take classes in all of the different. So you take your base your first two years with, you know, all the different re- prerequisites. Yeah. And then the way their program works is even in years three and four, you take packaging classes, but you also take some from other departments because the packaging department was really small. So I ended up taking a lot of classes with the ceramics and materials department things on, you know, polymers and, and even industrial engineering classes too, I took. So I really actually ended up liking that it was a variety and kind of gave me a more, kind of gave me a well-rounded background. Yeah. And that's something that's, it's like you can specialize in some areas, but then also to get a different, a wealth of experiences can be valuable as well. So it seems like that would be a fun thing to have, at least like you said, like kind of a breadth of experience with that then. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, how, and transferring that into you know these big companies you worked for, like what were some of the challenges you faced at these companies, or like what was some of the day to day as well in in these positions, like a big pharmaceutical company? So I'd say for challenges, I mean, when I was first starting out, I just kind of wanted to, you know, learn about everything. I was very eager, right, to do any work, like high achiever, like yep, give me a project and I will do it. I will fix it. Like I will go after it and get it done. Yeah. Um, and I kind of carried that through all the departments that I went to. So, um, what I liked the most was, you know, with a larger company, you're able to see so many different aspects, um, of the company and how things operate. Like there's, there's never a shortage of things to learn, you know? So I kind of, I moved around to different departments, helping different departments with, you know, whatever their challenges were at that time. Yeah. Um, and I kind of got known for going into a department and, and fixing things. <laughs> was there a lot of cross, like in across departments that you worked a lot or is like just more mostly in your own type of realm, I guess. So I was in, um, I was in the packaging department, so right. packaging services, mm-hmm. uh, but they had a lot of different branches to it. So there was a lab where they did package testing. Then there were different design and development and launch teams that would work with the business on new product launches and labeling for those because packaging is also, it's not just, you know, the, 
the bottle, I mean, it's the bottle and the cap and the label and the barcodes. It's all of those different pieces that go with it. So there were a few different departments that I ended up working with because of that. And eventually also branched out outside of packaging services as well for some okay. other opportunities. Mm-hmm. And was there any point where you, you were in that type of role the whole time at the company? Or you said obviously switched a little bit towards the end or what was that exactly, that transition? Oh, so so I moved around within the company, took okay. different positions and got you know um, promotions and things like that. And then about five years ago, they spun off um, one of their business units to be its own standalone company. Gotcha. And at that time, I people I had worked with were moving over there, and they said, um, "Do you want to come for this new opportunity?" So I went there, and it, and it became its own separate company. Although, you know, a lot of the people were the same. So <laughs> different company on paper, at least. Yeah. <laughs> and so you're doing the same type of thing though at that at that spinoff company. So then I moved more into the project management space. So slowly okay. over the years, I moved out of packaging and more into program management, project management. I think it kind of followed a theme that I like to learn and do a lot of different things. Yeah. And um, program management kind of gave me that aspect to, you know, looking at all the different parts of a project and standing everything up so that we can, you know, accomplish things. Right. And so you spent you know, a dozen-ish, roughly, years in, in corporate America, but then you eventually transitioned into your own company. I have to know how that happened. How did that, when did that process even start where you thought about it? So I think the first, the first time that I ever really thought about it was after I had my first daughter, Okay. which you hear a lot of times, you know, that's a, a very big life change for women. I mean- for men too, I think just like having a family is a whole different ball game, right? So yeah. my, so I have a product business, Brief Transitions, and it is underwear for after childbirth or surgeries. So it's a very specific, very niche, uh, <laughs> yeah, very niche product um, that you know a lot of people don't know about. And I always say, yes, it's funny, <laughs> you know, I tell them, and then I laugh because it's it's very unique. Um, so. When I first, when I was first pregnant with my daughter, my best friend had just had a baby, and she said, "Mary, when you go to the hospital, you're going to get these mesh underwear. They're amazing. You need them to help you recover because they, so they don't put any pressure on your midsection. They're they're super super stretchy, okay. so they just give to whatever your the state of your body is in. Um, and she said, "You have to steal them because you can't find them anywhere, and you're going to need them when you go home." And I said, "All right." I'll take them, you know. So sure enough, when my daughter came, I needed the underwear. So I I took them, but I didn't take enough. So then I had my mom go looking out, you know, at the stores to find some and she couldn't, we couldn't find them. They still weren't available. And I think that's the first time I had been listening to um, a blog at the time. My wife quit her job.com. It's a catchy name. Yeah, I think I've heard of it actually. Yeah, the guy's name is Steve that runs it. Um, He... So he was newer in the space. I mean, now he's been around a while. Um, but he was talking about starting a business, especially specifically e-commerce businesses. And you want a product that's lightweight and easy to ship and doesn't expire. Um, he has a line of handkerchiefs, actually, embroidered handkerchiefs. Nice. And I, and 
I think it just kind of happened from there. Like I, I first thought like, oh, why can't I find these underwear, you know? And I became passionate about it because I really needed them after my C-section. And, you know, it's an essential for recovery. So why aren't they available? Right. And then, um, then I listened, I was reading that blog and then things kind of started to fall into place from there. I was like, okay, well, maybe I should try it. So you stem from obviously a personal problem and you're like, I can't find this. But I feel like a lot of people have those personal problems and they don't right away go to, well, let's think about potentially starting a company. Like, right. you know what I mean? So how did that happen for you versus, yeah, it was someone else. Like, how did that happen yeah. for you? That's true. Um, <laughs> That's not a natural progression for everyone. Let's make that clear. Like, everyone doesn't just do that. So how right. for you did you get to that point, I guess? So it happened in the beginning. It happened very slowly. Okay. Um. I was, I, I did, I took, I think about four or five months off with my daughter. Um, and then I went back to work and I was, so I was already in the newer company, you know, in my newer role and my new role had me traveling a lot. So I was, you know, away from home, like, you know, a week here, a week there. Um, and I, and it just kind of progressed over time. So I, so when I first thought like, oh, I can't get these underwear. And then I read that blog, I wasn't like, okay, now I'm going to start a company. I, it kind of like planted the seed and then say like, I'd say at least months later, I was kind of like, you know what? I should really think about doing that. Do I want to do that? Maybe. So then I started looking up, like, how do I find suppliers? And I was already in the manufacturing space for so many years, um, that I kind of thought, well, I know pharmaceutical manufacturing, so surely I can, you know, find underwear (laughs) and bring them to the masses. Um, So I I kind of, in some ways, like naively thought that, I guess. And I'd say it it was at least a year after I had my daughter that I really started even, you know, thinking about like, okay, well, let me look up some manufacturers and let me see what it would take and what kind of investment and, you know, those kinds of things. And it was very much like a very slow build of a side business for a while. Yeah. And for that, where were you looking for these manufacturers or what was that process like for even finding them? Yeah. So it's, it's a bit, um, complicated. It's a bit, it's a bit mysterious, I would (laughs) say, um, finding manufacturers because even though we have the, the internet, you really have to go digging to find, you know, people that are able to do these things. Um, I looked a lot online and looked for manufacturers in the U.S., but wasn't able to find them for the type of product that I have and the type of manufacturing that I needed. Um, mm-hmm. So I was turned away from from quite a few places in the U.S. because they didn't have the capabilities. So then I I went to China actually. So I mean, I didn't physically go, but I looked started looking with Alibaba and other websites like that to see if there were suppliers there that could make what I was looking for. Well, I said someone's making them already because the hospitals are giving them away. Yeah. So how, how do I find those people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how did you, so how did you literally just looking for Alibaba and different sites and, mm-hmm. and then I, <laughs> yep. So I looked for so in this case, when I was first starting, it was more of a private label type thing. So private label means someone manufactures it right. and then you package it yourself. Yep. Um, so I didn't have, you know, a patent or anything like that. Um, 
and I worked with the manufacturers. I, so I asked for samples. So I found, you know, a couple manufacturers that said, yes, we make them. And then I asked them all for samples, looked at all the samples, had, you know, people trying them on and, you know, that those kinds of things. See, because there are, even though they're mesh underwears, there's still varying degrees of quality of mesh underwear. <laughs> um, <I can> imagine, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so some are really flimsy and other ones are, are more durable. So mine are the more durable ones. Um, and they also, so the hospital underwear come in white and I found some that come in black. So okay. they could be a little more resembling, you know, real life. Yes. <laughs> instead of hospital. <laughs> Getting away from the hospital. Yeah, it's probably a good idea. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. That process though, like I know people are interested in starting businesses or like side hustles or that sort of thing. And product-based businesses like like the website I mentioned, like one, one way to get started, if, especially if it's easier to ship type of thing. But like, mm-hmm. did you, were there... Were you following like a guidebook or, you know, following these articles to know the process of, oh, yeah, you contact manufacturers and you have to ask this and then you have to ask this and then you need to get those samples? Or were you just kind of intuitively figuring it out as you go? Like, yeah, I was that. winging it. Yeah. Intuitively figuring it out sounds a lot nicer than winging it. <laughs> okay. So like, yeah. Winging I mean, it. I, you know, I had the experience from pharma manufacturing and it is quite different, but I I knew a lot of the process. So another another part of my corporate experience was also I I lived and worked in Belgium for two years oh, wow. with uh, yeah <sighs> with um, our external supply department. So we had a global external supply team, and the European team needed some help. So I moved there and and worked with them. So I I should also mention that that I had experience working with suppliers okay. as well. Okay, and talking to them about you know, what they're manufacturing for us, pricing, like uh, all of those kinds of things. And I was working in a department where there were a lot of experts in that space. Um, So I learned a lot in those two years too, about more of the overall, you know, manufacturing process when, when the manufacturing is not in-house internal to the company. Right. So you knew a little bit from your, from your job, Mm -hmm. from your corporate work about that type of thing already. Mm -hmm. And just take me to this timeline a little bit to where we're at. So you you having your daughter a year after that, but like where, how you how many years ago was that? Or how recently was that? So she was born in December, 2013. Okay. So I'd say, you know, about a year later, I started, you know, thinking about it and, and looking up suppliers and things like that. And at the end of at the end of 2015, um, I had my fir- I I placed my first order to kind of get some to really do like a test to see, okay, is this going to work? So two years after um, you had your daughter, basically. Two years after, okay. yep. And then, and then I actually had a, another daughter in 2016. Okay. <laughs> so I have two, two young girls. Awesome. Um, and so kind of while I was doing all that, it was still very, all that time, it was still very much a side business, um, you know, without a real timeline in mind. I did not have goals to say, okay, by this time I'm going to do this. You know, it was not as structured as I am now, I would say. Right. Um, so then I, I was, and I was doing everything like do it yourself. So I made my own website. Like I bought a, a template, um, from like, creative market or something. I yeah. got a website template and made my own website. I have no web or technical background at all. So of course, like it wasn't that great. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I made a website and I, I started, you know, 
selling them myself through my website. Okay. Um, so that was, at, and that was right away like that two year kind of mark. That's when you started to sell them? That was in, well, once I, so I had to order the oh, product. So first, product yeah. from China takes months to get. Yeah. So there's pros and cons, of course, working with China. And one of the cons is that it takes a while because um, they put it on the boat yep. and, you know, um, so I'd say I, and I had some of the product to test before I did my website. I wasn't really working on them as much as I, a project manager, I'd say. <laughs> I wasn't really working on it in that time away, type of way. It was very like not deliberate, you know? So, um, so I had the product and then I was working on the website and I would say in, in 2016, I, put the, I put everything together. Like I put end of 2016, I put everything like on my own website and started selling it Okay, like that. End of 2016. Mm -hmm. So a long, long process to get to that point. And long, yes. through that, I mean, through that process, obviously you have a, you have a young daughter and then you have a mm -hmm. full-time job. How did yeah, you balance that? When did you work on this business? Was it like a weekly thing? Was it like, oh, whenever, like when, I guess how much time per week were you even spending on it? A lot. Okay. Um, it was nights and weekends. Okay. So it's, you know, I, and that's why it took me a while too. So it would be some nights and some weekends. I mean, depending on what we were doing, but if we were home and like the choice at night was watch TV or work on my business, I was working on my business. Yeah. Um, and then it's just because I loved doing it. I felt like I was bringing something to women that you know, that they needed that I wish I had, you know, I, I wished I had when I needed it. Right. Um, so I felt like it was really important for me to, to do this. And I had, so my first daughter, I had, um, kind of a challenging, I mean, everyone has a challenging childbirth, it's childbirth, but <laughs> it sounds um, inherently challenging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a, a, a challenging recovery. Um, and my daughter, the first couple days, was she's totally fine now, but she's in, she was in the NICU. So the intensive care unit and, um, my recovery took me a while. So I was extra passionate about helping moms and talking about experiences that we've had that other, you know, you know, that people don't talk about and yeah. kind of bringing it to the forefront and helping them in a really small way. Yes. It's just underwear, but let me tell you, like, I love those underwear when I first need, when I needed them, yeah. you know? Well, it solves a problem, and that's yeah. that's what entrepreneurship right. and business is about, solving problems, and especially if it's one that's very close to home for you, like that kept you going through the whole yes. process, right? Yes. And So, yeah, it, it was a lot of nights and weekends and, and that type of thing. Yeah, and it's, I think it's important people understand like a, a side hustle or a side business. Like it's, it's nights and weekends, but not because like you're forced to do it. It's because you're drawn, right. you're drawn to do it. <laughs> right. It's, that is so true. Like it, it was my choice. Everything, you know, everything is a choice and it was my choice to do that. So yes, there's ups and downs and I can complain sometimes, but still <laughs> like I want to do it. So I'm doing it. Yeah. I also think it's important though to, to mention like you know, with those ups and downs and the struggles and for sure entrepreneurship and like building a business is, is hard, but it also is fun. <laughs> like there's a oh, fun so aspect, fun. isn't it? Like it's, it's so, so much fun. fun. Like, it's so rewarding. <laughs> It's incredible. Like the feeling of, of knowing like that you, you know, did something like that was yours and that, you know, it's just such a different, yeah, it's a different experience of like what accomplishment feels like. 
Yes. And what fulfillment feels like. Yes, I completely agree. I feel like it's it's something that's also it's never comparable to like working at a company because it's, because it's your no. own. It's completely yes. your own. And yeah, good or bad, it's on you. But like, <laughs> but it's like you you see the progression too. So you hit different milestones. Like I'm sure for you, like as you as you move forward through that process, it's like, okay, I got through that thing. Now I'm get to this thing and you keep going and you keep going and you see all this different things you can do next with it. For example, yes. So mm-hmm. so what was that then for you after you know the initial launch and you're selling it on your website? How did it grow and what happened from there? So I when I was originally selling it on my website, you know, I didn't I didn't really know much of anything about it's crazy about the amount I feel like I didn't know. Um I didn't know much about SEO and I wasn't like blogging or I wasn't doing anything like that. It was just kind of, you know, sitting out there at this website. And I and I had sales, you know, here and there and I was so excited, um, but it didn't really you know, it wasn't really doing anything. So in um, early 2017, I decided, I said, you know what, like, I think, I think I need to, you know, find another way to, to put these underwear out there. So I thought about new moms, you know, I thought about my market more and who is buying these and what they're doing. And, you know, most of the time, if they're a new mom, they don't know about the underwear unless their best friend tells them. <laughs> um, and, you know, what are they doing those couple days after they give birth? They're like, you know, laying around trying to recover. They're not strolling the aisles of Target and Walmart, yeah. right? So so I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to try putting them on Amazon. I'm going to try putting them on Amazon Prime because new moms are shopping on Amazon. Yes. And they need it delivered to them. Exactly. <laughs> um so, so that's what I did. Cause when I first had my daughter, I didn't even in 2013, I didn't even have an Amazon account. I mean, they were around, but I, you know, it wasn't, Amazon was not what it is. Oh, now. it's grown. It's grown a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, so, or, so the, in July of, so I did a lot of preparation to get on Amazon. And then in July, 2017, I launched on Amazon. Okay. So I Just- sent product in. And they did the fulfillment yeah, for, so the way to get yeah, prime yeah. is you send it in and then they do the fulfillment for you. Yeah. Um, and that really catapulted me and every like month after month, I just saw, you know, extreme growth with the numbers. And I was like, okay, like here you are new mom. You know? <laughs> <laughs> here we go. And that's in, Ju- you said July, 2017? July, 2017. So I just celebrated. Yeah. This summer was my one year anniversary on Amazon. Congrats. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Was it so even back then? So did you look at what type of competition was on Amazon for the same type of product or was um, there nothing much? Like what was it like? I I didn't well, I looked to see if there were mesh underwear and there really weren't. I there's a lot of, you know, especially for Amazon now, there's a lot of websites where they can you can kind of reverse engineer and see like how people are doing it, you know, they're like niche hunters or niche finders or something. And they'll, they'll tell you what products would be good to sell on Amazon. Right. Um, I didn't use any of those because I just knew my product and I knew I couldn't find it anywhere. So I, I did kind of like a quick search and I didn't really see anything for specifically what I was looking at. Um, so I said, okay, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to put them on there. Now there are some other ones that have come up. Okay. Um, I think because of what, you know, I've just described. Um, 
and I'm working on some new things for the underwear and also some other other projects. So it's all kind of still it's still growing and expanding and changing. But yeah, I wasn't really worried about the competition. I was just like, this is something I have to try. Because even if someone was on Amazon, you know, like if it's a company, I, I do feel like people are, you know, more aware and more conscious of how they're spending their money and what they're doing with it. Yeah. And, you know, if there's a new, a new mom out there, it's like, you know, here I'm bringing this to you as a fellow mom. You know, so I was also relatable with with what I was doing and why I was doing it. Um, yeah, I think that's important. Think was also helpful. And it's also one of those things where it's not necessarily a zero-sum game. Like you can grow the market and more people hear about right. it. So there's always room right. for more if, exactly. if you're good, especially. Yeah. Right. And I guess early on, too, so even looking at like those first – like the first order you did, how did you decide how, like how many to order? Like, well, cause I, I always think about that for product businesses, especially, uh, and it's different cause this thing, like in theory you could, you could sell cause there's no like shortage, you know, shelf life or anything. But like, yeah. what was the process for figuring that out? Did you just kind of whatever their minimum run was or what did you do? Yeah. So I, so I had to ask them their minimum run. Yes. Okay. Which was 10,000 units. Okay. Um, which seemed seems daunting. really big to me <laughs> at the time. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. Oh, my, <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Like, all right. <laughs> um, but, you know, I thought a lot about it because I was like, well, I'm either going to try this or I'm not, right? And, you know, you have to look at your financials too. I had kind of said, this is the amount of money. I, I was not spending a lot of money to to start this company. Like it, it's not a startup that required a lot of, you know, I didn't require like funding or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so I kind of set aside and I had my corporate job, right. My husband too. So I purposely set aside some money from there and I said, okay, like I'm going to give myself X amount of dollars. You know, you can pick whatever you want. If it's like a couple thousand or 10,000 or, you know, however, 20,000, whatever you want to like set aside yeah. for your, for your trial, you know, to see if it's going to work. And you kind of have to decide how much you're willing to invest. Right. Um, so I did it that way so that I could feel like, okay, like I'm investing this. And not that if it didn't work, like I, I wouldn't try to, you know, use money for something else or whatever, but I wouldn't be sorry or regret that I used that money for that. Right. Like this was your um, test. You had to do it. Yes. So I kind of said, okay, like it's, you know, a few thousand dollars I'm investing or, you know, whatever it is. Um, I mean, you should really tally it up. I was investing in other things too. Yeah. Website. I, I did end up doing a new website, um, which is way better. <laughs> um, <laughs> and some other things like that. But um, you kind of like tell yourself. So that was maybe the most plan that I had. I said, okay, I'm going to set aside some money and, and give it a go. Um, but the other tricky part I would say with with inventory and product businesses is then where do you put your stock yes yes store <laughs> you <know>? somewhere <laughs> I I live in an apartment in a city yeah <laughs> it's not gonna fit 10,000 pieces of underwear exactly um, and because I was going I was moving so slowly with it um you know it wasn't like I was gonna get those 10,000 pieces and then okay they're gonna like turn around so fast yeah no I was kind of sitting on that for a while. So, um, I, so my storage <laughs> was my parents' garage. Classic. And, Classic. Yes. 
<laughs> so even when you're out of school, <laughs> you still go back home. <laughs> it's funny how that works too. Cause I remember even the company I was at be- before business school was Clark toys. And, uh, yeah, my cousin started the, the company out of his parents' garage as well. Like eventually when they had product, mm-hmm. like shipping product from there, it's like, you just do what you have to do in the beginning to make it happen. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to pay for like a storage locker, you know, and they, it's just the two of them now, like all the kids are out of the house. So yeah. Said, okay, well, you want to hold my underwear? Sure. <laughs> has that how has it evolved since then? So yeah, so now I so once I started on Amazon and and then I started to to grow and learn and be more deliberate too, right, in what I was doing and how I was spending my time. Um, and saying like, okay, wow, this is a real business now. You know, it took me a while to feel like that. Yeah. I don't know why, but <laughs> um so so then I after that I started I re- I finished with my first stock um, pretty quickly after I was on Amazon, like as things were growing. Um, so I've ordered like in one year, I've I've ordered a few more times um, from them, greater than the minimum okay. amount. So I've definitely been growing. You know, like my my first year it was like nineteen hundred percent or something. I mean, you know, compared to when I had started. That's so it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, you know, I think having a niche product is extremely important because you have to be able to distinguish yourself from other people. Um, yeah. yeah and, and to that, so when you're ordering these new, so you're, are you shipping directly then to Amazon warehouses from China? So I am not. Okay. Um, so there's a few different, there's so many different things you could think about with product um, shipments and things like this because I don't have them doing my packaging. Okay. Um, I do the packaging in the U.S. and now I'm using a like a well they also do fulfillment but for me they're doing packaging and then send to Amazon. There was a a long time that I hand packed underwear. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's been a real family effort. I had my aunt and uncle helping me. They're they're retired and yeah they were just around and they live close by and they said, Oh, we want to help. So they were also hand packing underwear for me. Um, because you don't always have, you know, whenever you're trying to scale, it requires more money. Right. So right. I was still trying to like keep costs down until I got to a, you know, a volume that I felt like, okay, now I'm at a point where I can take the next step. So I really took it in like tiny little pieces. Um, but I order from China and I have it, I have it shipped to the U.S. Um, there's the whole customs process yes, as well. Yes, that's um, a whole other ballgame. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I do the packaging and fulfillment um, here. So yep. I mean, let's 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 chat about the obvious then with the customs thing because if someone's doing a product and they want to obviously have the made in China, which makes sense for some manufacturing things, like with the customs, how have you figured that out in terms of managing that, getting it through? Etc. So, so yeah. So my my dad actually, I didn't I didn't really talk about this, but my dad is a, an entrepreneur. He's always been his own business owner too in the restaurant business. But he had a he has a product that he makes. It's a shelf window shelf. It goes on um, double hung windows, and you can put plants and things on your window. Um, so he had a couple years before he had those made in China, like eight patent and prototypes and a whole different ball game with the process. Um, but he used a 
broker, like a customs broker, okay. to to bring the product into the U.S. So they handle all the paperwork. Um, so I did the same thing. So he gave me his person, okay. and then I talked with them, um, and they helped me bring the product in. I I have not tried to do that myself. I think it would be extremely daunting. Yes, <laughs> and and it's very easy to like make a a mistake that will really you know. Um, I would never recommend to anyone to try to do that themselves. Um, so they take care of, because there's there's an order to the process with the shipping and bill of lading and all these things and the, the time that they have to do them. So they have to know what's on the boat before the boat actually ships out. There's all these different steps and they kind of, they take care of all of that and they receive the product into the port and through customs. And then you can decide, they'll either arrange delivery for you or... Um, you can go and pick it up yourself, I guess, if you want to. Um, but yeah, it's a whole other paperwork process. And the, the manufacturers are very familiar with it, obviously. So they, they fill out the, all the forms too, and it's fine. Right. Um, but it's, um, it's quite a process. <laughs> quite a process, but at the same time, you, you can figure it out because <laughs> you don't really have a yeah. choice. <laughs> right. <laughs> you kind of have to. Um, to. To that point, so... It was just a year, so you've been on Amazon for a year uh, as, as of a few months ago. But when did you quit your job? Um, in April of this year. So in April of 20, 2018. 2018. Okay. Um, so a little shy of my one-year anniversary. Yep. Awesome. And like leading up to that point, did you have a certain metric you were waiting for to, to get to that point? Or was it like something at work you were waiting for? Or like how did you decide like that was the time to leave? You know – it was so hard. <laughs> um, it was so incredibly hard. I So at the end with my job, I was traveling almost every week. Oh, wow. Um, and having two kids at home. And one of the trips like was to Europe. I was gone for like two full weeks at a time. Like, okay, I've done that before. I've traveled a lot for work over the years for sure. Yeah. Um, but now with two kids at home and everything, you know, it was just my older daughter was starting to ask me like, you know, why aren't you home? And when are you coming back? I thought that would be your last trip. And, and it just got to the point where I was just like, I mean, not to sound dire, but I was like broken. You know, I was just like, I cannot do this anymore. I was just not happy with, with what I was doing and, and the way things were going. Yeah. Um, so I can't, but even then, even knowing all that, like I still had a hard time to say like, okay, I'm going to give my notice. Um, and one of my friends, I had been talking with one of my other, um, business friends. She was like, Oh, you keep, cause I told her, I was like, Oh, I'm going to tell him next week and I'm going to wait for one more paycheck. And you know, I'm going to do, I mean, I was just, I kept just kept stalling. And one of my friends was like, why do you keep changing the date? And I was like, you know, I really do not have a good reason. And once she told me that, <laughs> I put my date in and I said, okay, that's it. And I, um, yeah. So, and I left and it's, yeah, it's been incredible. But. Yeah. Tell me about it. How has that been? The, the change? So, yeah, it was, there's a lot of different, you know, moving parts to it. But um, the best part for sure was that then I'm, now I'm home. You know, I mean, I'm working during the day. So people think like, oh, you know, oh, well, you're home now. What are you doing? I'm like, um, I have a business. Actually, I, now I have multiple businesses. <laughs> you know, I'm still working, right. um, but it's just in a different way. Um, but I don't have to travel. So I'm home at night. 
you know, unless I have like a networking or, or an event or something like that. Um, and some days I take my daughter to school also, um, which is, you know, those were priorities for me now. So that's why, so that, so that was the best thing that came out of it. So I kind of took some time. I was, um, working on the underwear and I also had the opportunity. I thought, you know, maybe I would also want to do consulting, um, so that I could have, you know, while I was growing, even some of my other projects, I could have some money coming in, but have it be on a much more, you know, flexible type of schedule. Um, you know, which is Aaron Helper's whole, whole business is all about that with the upside. Um, so I actually did a, I went to a training. So I, I finished in April and I went to a training in May for the, it's called the Herman Brain Dominance Instrument. Okay. So it's a, a thinking preferences and profile kind of um, assessment that people could do. So not a personality assessment, but um, really, it really evaluates your thinking preferences in different quadrants. Um, so it was a training and I got certified because one of my, you know, old coworkers and friends started a business doing that. And he said, oh, Mary, I'm going to, I need some help here and there. And, and if you're interested, I'd love to have you help me. Like all these other opportunities started coming up for me yeah. once I, once I quit. And, um, and that was one of them because I've, I've always been big in the leadership and team building kind of space and grew into that over the years, even working with the the different manufacturing sites. So I did that certification in May and then kind of did some different things and, and took a vacation, a real <laughs> vacation in what? July vacation. <laughs> with my family. <laughs> yeah. We went, um, yeah, we went to Europe actually. My husband's from France. So we went to see family and, and it was wonderful. And I was, I was still working, but obviously not in the same way. I really did take some time to really um, separate from work. Um, and then in September I started consulting actually. So now I do do some, um, corporate consulting in program management and also leadership and team building. And then I'm running, yes, the underwear business and, um, a new business, a, a collective for, for women entrepreneurs that are really driven to have, you know, community support around them. Yeah. Tell me more about, Tell me more about that. And that's the Transitions Collective. That's the name of it, right? The the Transitions Collective, yes. So this whole past year has been such a journey in so many ways. And you mentioned a lot about um, tribe and finding your support and all these things. And around the time that I went, um, that I put the product on Amazon, I also reached out to my local community. So I'm in a small city, but it's very close-knit. And I kind of asked, are there any other mom business owners that want to get together and, and meet up, you know, very informally. And I had 10 people, they were, everyone said, Oh yeah, I'm interested. I'm interested. And I had 10 people show up. And at the end of the meetup, they were like, okay, so when are we doing this again? And I was like, uh, I don't know, next month. Sure. (laughs) So, so we started meeting monthly. Um, and I, and I had a network you know, I grew a network of women over that time that are also running their businesses. Um, this local group, they're, they're all moms. So we talk about, you know, building your own business plus having kids plus, you know, all the things. Um, and it's really grown over time. So there's about 
and we have a Facebook group. There's about two, I'd say we're probably at 220 or 230 women in it That's now. Awesome. Um, yeah. And actually, so the idea from the Transitions Collective came from that because I was finding along with all that people and leadership type of stuff that I like to do, I really loved meeting all these women and working with them and sharing ideas and helping each other, you know, which is how I ended up also in Dreamers and Doers. Um, so through, through all of that, I said, okay, like I, I want to be in this space, like helping people more, having it be more structured. Right. So, um, over time, then I, I kind of, I came to the idea of the Transitions Collective and now I'm starting to build and, and grow that. And I'm going to be launching a membership community for it early in early 2019. Awesome. And and with that, that whole thing, you said you're building it out. What exactly do you hope that for that to become exactly? What's their plans for that? So, yeah, that's a great question. So I, I really would love for it to be a space for women entrepreneurs that are building their businesses and connecting. Um, I'm still fleshing out some of the ideas, but there's, there's going to be a lot in there about experts, um, and networking with experts. So when women, you know, are starting out in their business, you know, they need a lawyer, they need an accountant, they need, there's so many different things that you need. And I've met so many incredible women that provide those services. So I'm like, okay, let's all get together and have a community around that. Um, and kind of bring those new entrepreneurs to meet with, you know, the more experienced ones that can share more of their experience, share their services and those kinds of things. Right. So that's the, that's the, the big value add and how that would be extremely mm-hmm. helpful for having someone that, in that membership community, essentially. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And what city yeah. are you based out of? Where exactly are you based out of? I'm in Hoboken. Hoboken. Okay. I'm in Hoboken, New okay. Jersey. So it's right outside of New York City. Perfect. Yeah, just in case people the... want to know where yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. for, right, for right. joining forces. I had to make sure we, we got yeah. to have a podcast. And then you also said with the consulting yeah, thing, like how are you how did you get those first couple clients or was that how is that going? So yeah, so the the first couple clients I got through working with my old um one of my friends, coworker from my old company. I actually didn't really work with him in the company. Um I worked with some of his team but we we met at the beginning of the year for for a project. Anyway, so he he had some work that he needed help with cuz he's been him and his business partner have had their company for going on 2 years now okay. and they've really like catapulted um and you know the the mindset and behavior and the like people and leadership team building space um it's it's pretty, you know, unique when people go to that and it's it, he wanted to work with someone that he, he knew their work and could recommend, you know, and those kinds of things. So I ended up, um, pairing up with him for the first few things. And then I also just reached out to my network and kind of told people like, Hey, I'm, I'm looking, you know, I'm doing consulting now. So if you're interested or if you have any projects, you know, let me know. And sure enough, someone from my old company, he actually was one of the people that hired me in, um, emailed me like a, a couple months later and said, Hey, we have a project. Like, you know, can you come talk to us with that? So, I'm curious, um, definitely from a personal thing, the thought of doing some consulting as well. How did you package that? Like basically consulting, knowing that you have these skills cause you've worked in corporate 
for so long. Like, how did you, you know, like display that when you're telling your network that, oh, I'm going to do consulting now? What did you say with that or what types of things? Yeah. So it was different depending on who I talked to. And to be honest, I did not have to network outside of like, of my more immediate network that much. Um, So I wasn't doing a lot of cold, you know, emails and things like that. So it was a little bit easier for me, especially for the people that I've known, you know, for like the past 13, 14 years, whatever it's been, um, they know my work already. So I think that's a, it's an extremely important part about consulting is the relationships that you've built over time because they, they know, like, they know what you've done. I had, I have a proven track record from all of those years of corporate and everything that I was doing and helping them with. So then when a project came up, it wasn't really a question of, Oh, well, we don't know if she's going to be good to do that or not. It was like, no, we need Mary. So let's get get Mary in. Let's do this now. (laughs) (laughs) That is an interesting point though, because anyone looking for more, whether it's income, flexibility, whatever, I think I've always said this in through different like blog posts and everything of consulting or coaching is going to be the easiest, quickest way to have like a side hustle. And especially mm-hmm. for people who have those five, 10, 15 years of experience in a role, you could definitely mm-hmm. do consulting and give yourself more flexibility and transition in, into some of that because you have the skills, you have the knowledge, you have the experience. It's, it's one of the, the quickest ways to kind of start a side mm-hmm. hustle. Um, so it's mm-hmm. awesome you have that on top of the product business. That's that's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd say it it really and knowing what it, even it cross so like niches cross over into consulting too. Like being very clear on what you offer so that other people know what you're offering and how you can help right. them. Right. Yeah. I mean, Erin. I mean, the upside is fantastic for all of that. She gave me so much great information and so many tips. That's awesome. I want, I want to talk about with these businesses you're starting and running and now they've grown and you quit your job and you're full-time into your own, your own companies now. How are you managing your time and figuring out what to do day-to-day to grow these different things? Yeah, so I'm, it was definitely an adjustment now, again, since I'm, since I'm back doing some, some corporate consulting. Um, but it isn't full-time, so I purposely negotiated that it, that it wouldn't be full time because I knew I wanted time to be doing my other work and I didn't want to be working, you know, every night. Um, even though I I do work a lot at night again. Um, but, um, I, but I love it. it, So (laughs) yeah. Um, but so I, I think the, the things that I found that have been the most helpful is really looking at the beginning of each week and planning my week out okay, which day am I going to be, which days am I traveling somewhere that I have to block my schedule for that? Which days will I be, you know, home or like local that I, cause those days then I have more time, right? right. Because then the car, the car doesn't eat up into my day, but, um, I do block everything out on my calendar. It's, it's taking practice to be honest, but I do block it out on my calendar to really, and I take a look at the beginning of the week to see, okay, what do I have going on this week? Um, and what are like the, the main things, like say the top three things that I want to accomplish this right. week. I break it down also into the days, but um, looking at the whole week kind of grounds me for the week to know where I'm headed. So you said, when do you do that? On like a Sunday night or something? Or Sunday night or Monday okay. morning. And then blah, yeah. just look at the entire week. week. Yeah. Okay. Right. I just look at the entire week and I've been using 
you know, I, I've been using um, just Google Calendar now, but really being diligent about putting all the different things in there so that I so that I know what I'm doing when I'm doing it. So if I'm traveling, the, the travel time goes in my calendar. Right. And if I'm, you know, if I want to work, like I, I really try to stop and, and think and evaluate, like what's the activity that I want to do? And then how long do I think it's going to take me? And if it's something that's going to be really big and I don't have – a lot of times I don't have big chunks of time anymore. I'll, I'll break it up into a couple pieces. Right. Um, yeah. That... And I do have a few things that are recurring on my calendar too, that I do like every month. Like I look at my financials, um, like on the, the second of the month for the month before. Okay. So like on November 2nd, I will look at my, all my October numbers, for example. And I mean, with, I guess as an entrepreneur, you can work all the time. So are you working weekends a bunch or week? What's the, um, yeah, when, when are you working typically? Not really. I'm, tr- I'm really trying like with, with family to, you know, to spend my time, spend the time with my girls and things like that. And my husband. So I do try to disconnect, which it's hard, like as an entrepreneur. And if you really love what you're doing, I, it's hard to do that sometimes. Um, but I kind of make my list of my, my big things that I want to do and, if those ones are done, I say, okay, like next week is another week kind of thing. Um, so it really depends on my schedule for the week, you know, and if I'm home at night or if I have events or, cause I do, I do go to a lot of in-person things. Cause I think that's just incredibly valuable, um, as an individual and also as a business, you know, it's, it's so helpful. Those relationships that I have that I've made over this last year have, have definitely carried me through so many things. So, um, so I do have events. So if I have a few events in one week, then I try not to try not to work too much the other days, you know, um, it's always a constant, you know, balance. (laughs) You know, that's something, something you said in that though, that I think is really important. Um, so I've, I've, struggled with this obviously as well, having a side business for so many years now. And it's one of those things where having each week, like you said, those the big things you have to get done each week and then knowing that those are done mm-hmm. and you can do more the next week. Otherwise, I mean, it's literally like you can work forever and never finish everything. Forever. So yep. you have yep. to have those like benchmarks or something mm-hmm. to keep you in line and know like, okay, I'm done. Like, yeah, go hang out, go relax. <laughs> yeah, you have a family. So that's a huge thing right there. Like for me, it's like business school. So it's like, yeah, go connect with some of your classmates to go do some other things because you could literally yes. always do this and never get through it all. Exactly. There, there will always be a ton of things to do. Yeah. So I really try to prioritize. And sometimes I had a friend that's a coach give me this tip. Um, like even on my to-do list, she said like right next to the thing, next to the item on your to-do list, you know, try writing out like what that's going to get you or why you're doing it so that you can see if it's something that's really valuable or not. I think it's important. You know, like don't, don't like drown yourself in busy work. Cause it's also very easy. I think as an entrepreneur to find a lot of busy work and it's like, Oh, what am I doing? I'm spinning my wheels in busy work. Yeah. You know? Not doing big tasks that actually move you forward. Right. Have right. you hired an assistant or have help with this business stuff? I actually, I actually just recently hired a virtual assistant. Okay. Yes. Like a, a few weeks ago. I was thinking that right away. I'm like, it seems like that would be helpful for your business. <laughs> it's been incredible. 
incredible. What, what do you have them do? <laughs> it's been life changing. What, what kind of tasks <laughs> do you have them do? And like, I know there's like virtual assistants. I'm like literally just talking about this. There's virtual assistants like in the Philippines, for instance, that's pretty common. There's United States virtual assistants. There's so many different types. But yep. like, what do you have your virtual assistant doing? Yes, there's so many different things. So I hired someone in the U.S. I wanted them to be, you know, relatively close. Um, with easy communication and, and things like that. And there's, there's definitely a wide range of types of virtual assistants that you can get, you know, um, in terms of even what types of things they do. Um, for my virtual assistant, I have her doing a lot with my social media and helping me with my events and a lot of website things. So updates to websites and, and things like that. Um, really, she's like a never ending, like I just keep giving her stuff and, and she does it. I mean, it's so early on that we're still, you know, learning. Yeah. Um, but she's picking up a lot of the things that I know need to be done on a regular basis that I don't really have the bandwidth to do anymore. Yeah. Um, which has been really, you know, in it has been incredibly helpful for me. Um, so yeah, so there's a lot that she does in there. But I, I, I did also take the time to like, think about what I wanted her to do. And, and when I was interviewing, you know, I had a certain, a certain idea of, of what I wanted them to be able to handle. So I also put my price point cause you can also spend a very like wide range of money on yes, virtual systems. Very much so. Um, but for me, it was really important to have a, a quality yeah. person. So I factored that in when I was interviewing and doing my budget. Cause I have, you know, three businesses plus the mom's group that I, that I do events for sometimes too. So three businesses plus a networking group. Like I, I don't have time to like, I need someone that's able to just come in and help right away, you know? Um, and not a lot of the back and forth. Right. Right. You need someone that's pretty competent, so, right? Immediately like can handle yes, and like yes. help you out right away. I needed a, right. I needed a high skill. How did you get to yeah. that point of hiring an assistant? Um, you know, it, <laughs> one of my friends told me when they hired their assistant, you know, they hired too late, you know, so she told me the minute you think you need one is when you should hire because it, it's already too late. <laughs> you're already beyond. You know? um, so, it's like when you're thirsty, you're already so dehydrated. You're, you're, I've heard that before. It's like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's the same thing. Right. Right. So I had been thinking about it and telling her that for like a few months, like, oh, I think I need you know, an assistant. So by the time I actually got one, I was like, oh yeah, it was, it was late, but, but you have to think about your, your budget and your time, like your finances is very important. Like, can you afford to have someone and what kinds of things would you have them do if you can afford it? Um, so I had to, I had to work all of that stuff in, but now that I have more corporate consulting work, I'm losing those hours during the day that I could have been doing some of this. Could I, could I have hung on a little longer? Probably, but I wanted to keep my sanity. Right. You could have hung on longer, but yeah, you need to have that change. And uh, where did you go to look? Um, and where'd you find your virtual assistant? Cause I'm, there's so many different options. Yeah. So there's a few different, yeah, there's a few different sites. I mean, some people are out on their own. Um, and I know people that have found, you know, through recommendations from friends, um, I tried a few different a few different websites. There's things like Upwork and um, We Are Virtual Assistants and Cloud Peeps. It depends on the on the model. Some so some will give you like one on one that assistant and you interview them and and you very much just work directly with them. And then other ones 
will give you like a main point of contact. And then they have a lot of people working in the background. So for me, I decided I needed someone one-on-one because I just wanted, you know, it's just me right now. And I wanted to be able to have that connection with the person, um, you know, for all the different things that I might give them. But yeah, I tried websites like that, but you really have to go through because you can get a very wide range of applications. Um, And a lot of the times it's pretty clear if they haven't even read your job description. Um, So from those applicants, like I, I picked the ones and I interviewed the ones that, you know, personalized their response and really seemed to, you know, seemed excited about the types of businesses that I have. And I I ended up hiring um, a mom actually too. Um, She could really relate to that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's perfect. And I know like, yeah, there's, there's, there's different options, but everyone, especially as you grow a business, like you, you need help. There's, you, there's no way around it, especially because yes. like your time, like where, where is your time best spent? That's kind of what it comes down to as the business owner, you yes. know? And eventually it's like, yeah, the social media stuff, some of these easier things probably shouldn't be doing that. Like in early on you have to, Correct. but yeah, to grow and to do more. And then just like you mentioned, just to have your sanity, you need someone help you right. out with that because otherwise it'd be way too overwhelming and too much of your mental space is spent doing tasks that don't actually like move the business forward necessarily or like not the same level as some other tasks perhaps exactly and it's you know what is your time worth and at some point like I didn't have time to do everything and I didn't want things to drop off that I that I knew I should be doing for my business just because I couldn't get to that yeah like they're helpful but just because yeah you can't and still need to be done <laughs> that type of thing right you know, from that, I'm curious as to what resources, whether I know you mentioned one of the blogs, but are there any other books or podcasts or audiobooks or people or anything that's been helpful for you on this like entrepreneurial journey? Oh, so many things. Um, I'll try to pick the top ones. Um, in terms of, let me think, um, resources. So there are some books that I that I love. Those are more for, for business, but also personal growth and things like that. So I'm a big fan of think and grow rich, Napoleon Hill. Classic. Um, yes. Yes. And, um, I, you know, and you have to reread some parts. I, I do believe that too, because it's so and your different points in your life. And um, it, it means different things or like helps you different points in your business even. Yes, exactly. Um, podcasts. So at the same time that I was put, go, it, July of 2017 was a very pivotal month for me. So at the same time that I um, went on Amazon, I also reached out to the local moms and I also found a podcast that I really loved, which is um, called Biz Chicks, B-I-Z-C-H-I-X. And the woman that runs it is Natalie Ekdahl. And she is an incredible wealth of information. I I mean, I, I just, I love her podcast, her interviewing and, and everything. Um, so she, she helps, you know, women entrepreneurs with different parts of their businesses and she runs, she runs masterminds and, and does some other really interesting things. I'm actually going to her conference in a few weeks too. Um, but she has a great community of, of women that are also very supportive. So I found that at the same time, which really helped me. And, um, and I did have a, so something important I think to note to note is that I've had a business okay. coach so I found her around that same time last year very pivotal <laughs> July Big time um, for you. and she <laughs> and she eventually helped me with um 
well, my website, so redoing my website for brief transitions. Okay. So she's a, a web person and also a coach, which is, a, which is a great niche actually, because she learns about your business and everything and your brand. She has a marketing background, you know, through, through that. And then, and then she ended up, I ended up hiring her also as my business coach and having a business coach, um, really helps you grow a lot faster. The one-on-one helps you grow a lot faster than, you know, figuring it out all on yeah. your own. How did you find her? And yeah, how did you find her? So so I found her very randomly through through BizChicks, actually. She had joined the group around the same time as me. And she just said, oh, did any, is anyone else new here? Like I've, I'm new and and I, you know, I love the podcast. And so I reached out to her actually. And I, so we met like as friends first. I'm, I'm pretty like outgoing like that, I guess. Like if there's someone I want to talk to or, or something, I just, you know, I go and I do it. So I introduced myself to her and we started talking. And then she also told me that she was a coach and we eventually like grew our relationship. And then I decided to hire her. I told her it was fate because she's really not active in many groups like yeah. ever. <laughs> so the fact that I found her on that just day, so happened to find her. Yeah. Right. Right. Crazy. So you've been working how long? So since July of 2017. So I first had her do my website redesign and that was in August, okay. September. Okay. Um, and then after that, so I'd say like maybe into October and then I started using her. Also and what does that look like? Is it like weekly coaching calls? Is it like check-ins? Is it, how does that work? So it's, it's changed over time. In the beginning, it was weekly calls and it was very tactical in nature because that's the type of support that I needed. So she was teaching me things about, you know, about marketing and my strategy, maybe like Instagram or things like that. Um, blogs for my site and very like tactical kinds of things, even the, my financials. So the way I stood up my financials and look at them every month, like she helped me with all of that kind of stuff. Um, in terms of giving me a starting point, you know, to do those things. Yeah. And then over time, it's kind of grown now that I need her less for that stuff. And it's more, we're in the strategy phase of things and just, okay, what, so it's not necessarily weekly calls now, but, you know, say even for the month or every couple weeks, you know, what's going on and what are my plans, you know, for the next right. few months. Seems to be very helpful to have that type of thing to have a coach to keep you accountable and just spitball ideas at least back and forth and kind of think about the business. Extremely helpful. And I think it, you have to have a really good relationship with that. Yeah. Um, and, Cause it's such a personal thing. Like this person knowing all these things about your business. I mean, I told my coach, I love her. She's never going away. <laughs> like she's, she's stuck with me now. Yeah. <laughs> and I do think, you know, you can have different coaches for different times of your life or things like that, but She's meant to be, regardless, she's meant to be in my life long-term. Um, but I do think definitely there's different things that coaches are extremely valuable to help you or to, to help you accelerate, like where do you want to go? And it's helpful to have them so that you can get there right. faster. Because I could talk to other people about my business and what I want to do, but it's not going to be the same as the, the one-on-one quality of someone that you're, you know, paying for this right, service. Right, that exact thing. As, mm-hmm. as you're running this business and I know you're trying to manage your time, you're three different companies now and everything, like what do you do to, to de-stress, to kind of get away from business or to help you just stay, stay centered, I guess? What do you do? Yeah. You see? yeah. Um, I, I do exercise. I, I'd say the one like 
very um, stable thing in my life is is um, exercise. So I work out like I try to go like three to four times okay. a week um, because I've really found that it really helps just my my mental energy, my physical being, like all of those things. Um, and I kind of I worked up to that for a long time. I was not doing that, and then I've I I felt much more like a like a yo-yo or something, you know, like up and down. Yeah. Um, but, but now I try to keep that steady and it really balances me. I also do um, five minute yes. panels. I, I use it every day. It, but yeah. I love it. Yes. Yes. It's it phenomenal. Is. It's one of my favorite things. So I do do that religiously. Like even if I'm traveling, I bring yeah. it with me. Um, that's how important <laughs> it is. And, um, and it's extremely helpful for staying grounded and, and focused and yeah. grateful. I, yeah. I have to dig into the fitness part because I have a fitness background and was a personal trainer for years and have exercise sports science degree. Um, what, what types, I'm just curious what types of things you do for exercise. So I actually have a trainer um, and to save time, she, so she comes to, to okay. my building um, and trains me on location. She goes around town. She's, um, yeah. she's fantastic. Um, so she does different different workouts each week. So I see her once a week and then we record just more recently, we started recording the sessions and recording the exercises. And then I will, um, do them on my own, like a couple other times that week. So, and she does like full body, like very, I think extremely well-rounded type of extra, a lot of combination exercises. So arms and legs at the same time, or, you know, those kinds of things. And I've, I've definitely, noticed and felt a huge difference. Awesome. Yeah. I think that's, that can be very helpful. And I've done the in-home training in terms of being a trainer and it is convenient for people. People love it for that reason. You just come right to their place. It's like, yeah. I've had so many times where people tell me, you know, if you weren't coming to my home, there's no way I would have worked out today. Like, <laughs> it's just right? like, yeah. Convenient. And right. And we talked about time blocking in the calendar. So I don't have to block an extra 20 minutes right, to get for to travel. You just have them here. That's so nice. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's saving time. As, as we move move forward here, and I'm just going to wrap, wrap this up, I'm just curious as to what you think makes for a great career. Oh, um, I think, I think being happy and feeling fulfilled. So that can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people, um, whether it's corporate or whether it's entrepreneur. But I think um, having the... Um, having the desire, I guess, to, to learn and to grow and always be wanting to learn new things. It's extremely helpful regardless of corporate or entrepreneur. Yeah. So for me, it served me very well in my corporate career because I was always ready to do the next thing and looking to help in another area. And it, you know, it gave me opportunities to travel the world and work in Belgium and, and things like that. Um, and then, also, as an entrepreneur, always learning and growing. I mean, your success comes from being adaptable, you know, being able to adapt to change. And there's a lot of people that cannot do that. So I think wanting to learn and grow and being able to adapt to change are the ways that you can be successful, yes, in Love your it. career. Where can people find you, uh, reach out to you, learn about your businesses? Where can they go? Yes. So I'm at the transitions okay. .com, And then it's the same for, for Instagram and Facebook at the transitions okay. collective. Um, 
And if anyone wants to see the underwear, that is brieftransitions.com. And then for your consulting, is that through anything particular? So they could go to maryclavier.com. I will spell it. It's M-A-R-Y-C-L-A-V-I-E-R-E-S. Perfect. That will take them actually to consulting and to the Transitions Collective. Awesome. Mary, thank you so much for the time today. This was awesome. Thanks so much for having me, Justin. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Just Go Grind. As always, the show notes are over at justgogrind.com slash podcast. And you can support the show over at patreon.com slash justgogrind. And please, please leave a rating review over on iTunes. It does help more people find the show. Hope you enjoy this episode. Have a great day.